I know you found Jeremiah 9 by now, because that was a mouthful. We're looking today at verses 23 and 24. These verses follow a pretty gloomy section of Jeremiah. If you remember last week, gloomy even for Jeremiah. The patient, Judah, was terminal. And their chart said that it was because they had refused to take the right treatment from the great physician. The nation of Judah had refused to repent. They had listened to those quack doctors, the the ones on TV, that told them that everything was going to be okay, and there was peace, peace, when there was no peace. Their wounds were superficial, nothing to worry about. But instead, there was something to worry about. Their wounds were actually deadly. Because Judah had refused to repent, they were going to be uprooted and sent into exile. Judgment was coming, and it was going to be awful. The verses right before these say that death was going to climb into their windows and take out their young people. The bodies of all were going to pile up behind the grim reaper, all because they refused to wise up and repent. So the two verses we're going to look at today are not so gloomy. They're a lot like a little burst of light injected into the darkness but they still do constitute a warning. There is still a warning here of how not to live and solid counsel of how to live instead. And I think they're perfect for Father's Day. When I saw how the Lord had landed these two verses for Dad's Day, I was like, that's awesome. Because this is a message that most guys need to hear over and over again. I know that I do. And also because this church family is full of men who live out these words faithfully. And so it's another chance to encourage the guys to keep on going. And of course, these words are true for all of us, men or women, boys or girls. Let me read them to you. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. They're very proverbial. They could be lifted right out of the book of Proverbs. They present those two ways, the, the two ways to live, two basic paths to choose from. Let's hear about them from Jeremiah himself. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of, of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. What do you talk up all day long? What do you talk up all day long? What do you talk up all the live long day? I don't mean what do you talk about all day. Some of you have jobs where you talk all day long because it's your job to do that, right? And so at work, you talk about work, rightly so. What I mean is what do you talk about when you aren't talking about what you have to talk about, right? What do you talk about when you, when you get to talk about it? And more than that, not what do you talk down, probably a lot of things that when you have a chance, you talk it down. But what do you talk up? That is, what do you boast about? 
What do you take pride in? What do you praise when you get a moment to praise? What do you brag on? What are you always selling, so to speak? We all have things that we all talk up. We're wired that way. We all have things that we talk up. There are, these are the things that we're the most excited about, the, the things that we exult in. They're the things that we trust in. I could probably tell by looking at your social media feed what you talk up all day. What do you like and share, like and share all day long? They're the things that we trust in. We tend to talk up that which we trust in, don't we? Dads, what do your kids talk up? What are their mouths full of all the live long day? Kids, what do your dads talk up? What are their mouths full of all the live long day? Our mouths give us away. We tend to talk up that which we most trust in. In these two verses, the Lord, through Jeremiah, tells us what to talk up as much as we possibly can. And also, what not to. I lifted the title for this message from three words in verse 24. Boast about this. Boast about this. You're going to boast about something. We all do. We all have things that we're trusting in and excited to talk up. Sometimes literally, what our mouths are constantly filled with. And sometimes our actions speak even louder than our words. We boast with our deeds and our choices and our whole lives. The question is not, is not whether or not we're going to boast, but what we're going to boast about. One of the great things about this passage is that Jeremiah has done all of my work for me in providing an outline. Sometimes I spend all week long trying to figure out how to present this, like how to divide it up and what points to make. Well, Jeremiah has already done that for me. Verse 23 is point number one. Don't boast about these. And verse 24 is point number two, boast about this. And Jeremiah's actually gone to all the trouble of having three things under each point. There are three in verse 23, and there are three in verse 24. Thank you, Jeremiah, for the outline. Or actually, thank you, Lord. Because he says twice at the beginning and then at the end that this is a message directly from the Lord. Verse 23, this is what the Lord says. Verse 24, declares the Lord. If you're wondering if these words were important, now you know. The bookends tell us that this is a message directly from the Lord. You and I better listen up. So we know what to talk up and what not to. Here's point number one. It's basically this. Don't boast about you. If you're taking notes, it's number one. Don't boast about you. Listen again to verse 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? Don't boast about you. Okay, so let me ask you a question about verse 23. Are wisdom, strength, and riches bad things? What do you think? Are wisdom, strength, and and riches, bad things. You're not supposed to boast in them. Are they bad? No, no, they're good things. Now, they could become bad things, for sure. And they're awful things to ultimately trust in or boast about, but they're not bad things. They're good things. Wisdom, 
or skill in living is a great thing. I don't think this is 100% talking about the same exact thing as Proverbs is often talking about, the kind of spiritual wisdom that begins with the fear of the Lord. But it is talking about a kind of skill at living, or we might say smartness. Having smarts is a good thing. It's a gift from God. And having strength is a good thing. It, too, is a gift from God. Whatever strength we have, and dads are known for their strength, is a gift from God and should be a reason for thanksgiving. Same thing with riches. Is money the root of all evil? No. No, the love of money is the root of all evil, right? Money itself is a good thing. It's a good thing to have, right? And it's great when a dad has money to loan to his kids or to give to his kids or to use for their good. Smarts, strength, and riches are good gifts from a good God, God the Father. But they make terrible gods themselves. And we've all seen that, right? Have you seen the person that worships their own smarts? I'm so smart. Do you see what I did there? Did you see what deal I cooked up? Did you see how I outsmarted those other people? Did you, did you catch how great my plan was? I am so wise. Now, they often don't say it as crassly as that. Sometimes they do. But it's there. Or the guy who says, check out my strength. Not just look at how much I can bench press, but look how much clout I have. Look what I can do. Look how powerful I am. I say jump, and all these people say, how high, sir? Yes, sir. And of course, that's often because of the last category, money. Money talks, right? And it's not always the size of our bank account. It's the size of our truck or our house or our book collection or whatever we possess. See, guys are especially prone to this. We feel the need to boast about our savvy, our strength. And our stuff. And it's not because we're so grateful, but it's because we're so proud. As if these things were not gifts of His grace. Don't boast about you. That's the point here. The key word in verse 23 is His. Let not the wise man boast of His wisdom, or the strong man boast of His strength, or the rich man boast of His riches. You're not supposed to ignore those things or pretend that they don't exist. It's not like you're not supposed to be glad that you're smart or strong or have stuff. But you're not supposed to trust in them. And you're certainly not supposed to boast in them. How are you doing at that? If those things were stripped away from you, how would you fare? Like if your, your smartness was gone tomorrow, you'd still be there. How would you do? If your strength was gone, if you could no longer do what you used to be able to do, if your bank account was empty, you don't have any stuff anymore, where would you be? Because you could still be in a really good place, spiritually, without any of those things. Don't trust in them. And don't boast in them. You see, on the outside, Judah probably looked pretty good. Whenever I read Jeremiah, and it's all doom and gloom, we start thinking, boy, things are really bad in Judah. But you know what? The sun shone on Judah regularly. They were often rich during the times of Jehoiakim, the evil king. 
Things could be going really well on the outside. Strength and smartness. Jehoiakim thought he was pretty smart because he made these alliances and he played different world powers off against one another. But he began to trust in that. Instead of trusting the Lord, men were walking around with skills and strength and money. But they were headed for disaster because they were trusting in those things and they ultimately will all let you down. The Lord through Jeremiah says, don't boast in those. They are here today and gone tomorrow and you didn't earn them in the first place. They are yours by grace and not by desert. So don't take, them, don't take credit for them and don't trust in them. And so don't talk them up. Instead, if you feel the need to boast, boast about this. Here's point number two. Boast about him. Boast about him. Don't boast about yourself. Boast about the Lord. Look at verse 24. But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Boast about him. Fill up your mind and your heart with who God really is, and that will come out of your mouth. Now, this understanding and uh, knowing in verse 24 is not something that you can become prideful about if you're doing it right. This week when I was reading it, I was like, well, so I can boast because I have this knowledge? Like, that kind of sounds like the first part of verse 23, like the wise man boasts in his wisdom but if you're doing it wrong it can be like that right i've been to bible school and seminary twice i know that people can get sinfully proud of their knowledge about god i myself have done it many times but this kind of understanding this this heart knowledge humbles you and this kind of knowing isn't just knowing about it's knowing personally this is relationship language like our purpose statement as a church we exist to glorify God by bringing people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to know him. Remember last week that Jeremiah said the people of Judah had consistently refused to know the Lord? They knew lots about him. They had the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. They had their Bibles. They had the Torah of the Lord. They had the law of the Lord, the law of the Lord. But they weren't trusting the Lord or truly knowing him in personal relationship. They didn't get him. You know how we say, like, I get that guy. I get him. I know, I know what he's up to. I get him. This kind of understanding and knowledge is a deep level getting the Lord. I get the Lord. I know what he loves, and I love it too. I know him, and I know his heart. Do you know the Lord and know his heart? We just sang, there is no greater thing. Do you know the Lord and know his heart? That's right, Ada. You say it. Do you know the Lord and know his heart? That's something you could trust in and talk up. Not how great you are for getting him. Look at me. I get the Lord. But how great he is for being God. Let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yahweh, that I am the Lord. Do those words remind you of anything? When I read that, 
that he knows that I am the Lord. Does that take you back to something? It takes me back to Exodus 34. That time when Moses said to the Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord said, buddy, you don't know what you're asking for. But here, let me give you a glimpse. And he hid him in the cleft of the rock and then he passed by and he let Moses get just a little glimpse of the trail of his glory and he proclaimed his name. What's his name? Yahweh. Yahweh. He said, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. That's who Yahweh is. And if you know him, if you know his heart, dads, this is your number one job as a Christian father. Teach your sons and your daughters who the Lord is and what he loves. I have often thought, well, my job is just to get them to 18. If I can get them 18 and they got all their shots and they made it all the way, they got through, they got diplomas, you know, they made it, they got their driver's licenses, you know, okay, I did it. I did the dad thing. No. Here's the dad thing. Make sure your kids know who the Lord is and what he loves. Teach your sons and your daughters who the Lord is and what he loves. Jeremiah lists three things. Do you see them there in verse 24? I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in those I delight. See, we don't have to wonder what the Lord loves. Do you ever wonder what the Lord loves? You don't have to wonder what the Lord loves. He tells us. He tells us right here. Judah had been willfully ignoring these three things. They weren't practicing any of these three things. If you looked at their lives, you didn't see them. They might have yelled them a lot, but they weren't doing them. They weren't walking in the knowledge of the Lord they were supposedly belonging to. They were not doing what the Lord delighted in. Read the first nine chapters and you'll see that. But it is no secret. Here's his heart. Kindness, justice, righteousness on earth. In these things I delight. The word for kindness there in Hebrew is chesed. It's that word that you say, you get the little, that little uh, thing in the back of your throat, chesed. We've been talking about it a lot the last few years. It's hard to translate because it's too wonderful. There's so much in that word. It's that word that's often translated steadfast love. Remember Psalm 136? His love endures forever. His love endures forever. It's that word chesed. It's more, it's more than just kindness. It's, it's grace. It's God being loyal and devoted and super generous to those to whom he's in covenant, even when they don't deserve it. Divine kindness. But at the very same time, the Lord is no pushover. Verse 24 says that he exercises not just chesed, but justice. Mishpat is the Hebrew word. He never does what's wrong. Just think about that for a second. The Lord never does what is wrong. Justice. 
And more than that, he always does what is right. He exercises righteousness, tzadikah, right judgment and right authority together with right behavior, covenant-keeping faithfulness. God always keeps his promises. Amen? Aren't you glad that the Lord is like this? Kindness, justice, and righteousness? Aren't you glad that the Lord delights in these things? Kindness, justice, and righteousness? Aren't you glad that this is what the Lord does every single day, all the live long day? Kindness, justice, righteousness? Imagine for a second, just for a second, a world where the Lord is unkind, unjust, and unrighteous on earth. Okay, you can stop thinking about that. This world is hard enough if the Lord was not like that. Imagine if the Lord was like that and we still had to live in this broken world. But he's not like that. He's like this. God is kind and just and righteous. So dads, teach your children this diligently. Bring them up to know this Lord with this heart. And of course, that means that you need to have a heart like this yourself. If this is what the Lord delights in and is, and is doing every single day, then you and I should be delighting in it and doing it as well. We should be dads who are kind, dads who are just, dads who are righteous. That's what we need. Of those three, I think I have needed to learn the most about justice in the last few years, and I have a long way to go. Justice has just been a word out there, and I haven't given it enough thought. What does it mean for God to be just? What is biblical justice? What would a just society actually look like where things were made right? One day we will know for certain because we know that this is the Lord's heart. This is the Lord's character. He exercises justice, and it is his delight. I love that word delight, don't you? Mm. These are not just three things that God is, kind of dispassionately or kind of along the way, but these are things that God is passionate about. This is what he's about. God is not just perfect in these three ways, but he's passionate about them. He loves kindness. He loves justice. He loves righteousness. By the way, do you see what I'm doing here? Yeah, I am trying to talk him up. I am boasting about the Lord and about his heart. Instead of trying to make you impressed by my intellect or my powers of rhetoric or my vast library of commentaries, I'm trying to point you to the Lord and to his very heart. I'm trying to do what this passage tells us to do. Boast in him. And dads out there, this is your number one job. And I know that you're doing it. You're trying to live as examples of kindness, justice, and righteousness and to point your kids to the one who does it perfectly. Keep it up. Boast about him to your kids. No matter how old they are or how old you are, if your kids are living, dads, keep on doing this. Don't, don't stop when they hit 18. Boast about him to your kids, no matter how old they are or how old you are. What a potent mixture of virtues this is, isn't it? Kindness, justice, and righteousness. Now, I can imagine being really good at some of those, but not all of them all at the same time, right? 
I mean, we who are dads often err on one side or the other, right? Some of us are kind of those kindness dads, and some of us are kind of those righteousness dads, right? Those justice dads. You know what I'm talking about? You know uh, what I'm talking about. These ones, they can be taken advantage of. These guys can be too harsh, right? Which, which one do the, which kind of on the spectrum do you kind of gravitate towards? Being kind and forgiving and gracious, generous on the one side, or being just and righteous and firm and focused on doing what is right and expecting rightness on the other side. Which one's the Lord? Which one does He err on? Some of you are like, did you just say the Lord errs? He doesn't err. That's right. It was a trick question. He does these three things perfectly. Now, the people of Judah were counting on the Lord being kind. But they were plugging their ears and hoping he didn't really care about justice and righteousness. But Jeremiah was here to tell them that he's all of that, all at the same time. He's not a doddering father whom you can take advantage of. He's a consuming fire. But he's not just a consuming fire. He's a fountain of grace. He's a generous father who delights to forgive. And we who are Christians know this better than Judah ever could, than Jeremiah ever could. Because we know about Jesus. We know about Yahweh taking on humanity and living out kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth as one of us. And we know about the cross. We know how Chesed, Mishpat, and Sadiqah came together at the cross to bring us to the Lord Himself. Judgment and wrath He poured out on Jesus. Mercy and grace He gave us at the cross. I hope that we have not too easily forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Boast about Him. Boast about this. Talk this up that you understand and know Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He also quoted Jeremiah 9.24 two times to the Corinthians, once in the, his first letter and once in his second letter. He said to them, you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Talk him up. Boast about him that you understand and know Jesus. Assuming, of course, that you do. If you don't know Jesus yet, don't let anything stop you. He invites you to trust Him and what He did on the cross, that place where love, chesed, and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness, sadiqah, and peace kiss each other, like Psalm 85 says, at the cross. Jesus invites you to enter into a life-changing relationship with Him and learn His ways and His heart so that you know Him so that you get him, so that you trust him, and so that then you boast about him all the live long day. Amen?